and welcome to the Sly Dog Music Cast. Joining me again, Andrew Chabala. How you doing? I'm doing good. How's it going? Awesome. We're here today to talk about um, an interesting band, like kind of controversial in the metal scene. Some say they're not metal, some say they're new metal. I think they've proven their worth. Slipknot. We're here to talk about We Are Not Your Kind. Um, Drew, I think, has a really good story about getting into Slipknot that I remember, so I want him to start today, so go ahead. Alright, so I got into Slipknot, so I knew about them, you know, I kind of like, you know, I was like a teenager in the 2000s, so they had already kind of had their prime, but like, I knew about them, but like, I was really into classic metal at the time, you know, like Iron Maiden and shit like that, Judas Priest, so I was kind of like, had a bias against them, you know, because I was like, looking on internet, you know, reading on internet forums and stuff, and a lot of the people that like, you know, real classic metal, they hated Slipknot, so like, in my mind, I was kind of already biased against them, I was like, ah, oh, fuck Slipknot, this new metal <laughs> shit, like, nothing, so I kind of like, I didn't like them, like, when I was younger, you know, I was probably like 15 or so, but then like, uh, my best, like, my childhood friend that I met, uh, like, when I was about 15-ish, uh, he, I mean, he was kind of similar to me. He didn't really, like, he grew up on Slipknot, but he wasn't, like, a huge fan. We kind of made fun of them together and shit. But then one day, we decided to fucking put on an album by him. And, like, <laughs> we were there to make fun of him. But, like, we put on, I think it was Volume 3, if I remember correctly, uh, the one with Duality on it. Yeah. But, uh, so we put that on, and, uh, like, I don't know, into the second song, like, Anthony looks at me and he's like, kind of digging this and i was feeling it. <laughs> and i was like yeah dude me too. so like from that point on it was like all right now now i'm the slipknot thing nice. so that was kind of like how i got into them and i seem to remember a story you told me once you used to like drive down the street blasting the live record all the time yeah when i first shit. got my license i had just bought uh they my at the local uh, fye i went down and got the uh, 9.0 live album Nice. And it was a double disc one. I used to drive around when I was, I just learned how to drive. So it was like first time driving on my own. And I would drive around and just blare that shit with all the windows down. <laughs> oh man, that sounds incredible. Um, so I was probably like, similar to you, I kind of like dismissed them for a long time. But there was a friend, a former friend of mine, shout out to that twat waffle. Um, Anyways, he was like, you got to check him out. You got to check him out. So I finally kind of relented in 2012. Yeah, 2012, they put out a greatest hits called Antennas to Hell. Yeah. And I bought that. And I actually really dug it. Um, and keeping in mind, though, um, this comment's probably going to get me blacklisted, but fuck it. I like Stone Sour better. I feel like Corey's vocals are a little wasted in Slipknot. But I do think Slipknot's an important band to metal. They were important in like keeping it new and keeping it evolving and moving it forward and keeping it relevant. Like Slipknot is a very important band, even though they're not my favorite. They're very important. So going into this new record, I wasn't sure what to expect, but when I got it and I heard it, I was like, "Fuck, fuck, this is good." Like this is, I think, their best album. I'm, I haven't heard them all. I haven't heard the first one yet. I've heard, I've heard Volume Three. I've heard All Hope Is Gone, and I've heard. Maybe half of Iowa. Oh, and the, what's the one before? It's the Grey Chapter? I've heard that one. But I think this is their best one. I think this is, like, them getting to a whole new, like, stage in their career. Like, as statesmen in metal. 
like they've proven themselves already and this is like kind of like cements the legacy i think like this is like them you know they're taking their seats you know where where like next to bands like slayer and ozzy osbourne and metallica do you agree yes i would definitely agree like i definitely think as a whole it's probably my favorite slip on album and i mean i could just be saying that because it's new and i just heard it excited about it but i kind of feel like as a whole it's my favorite album like i mean they definitely maybe have some songs that i like more on some of their classic albums but as a whole album i think this is the one that just grabbed me the most and i really wasn't expecting it this far into their career i mean i was expecting it to be you know all right like nothing like definitely i was not prepared for how good it was when i put it on i was definitely blown away i was like man i feel like i them playing volume three for the first time dancing again like chilling realizing what a great band this is exactly exactly it, it and it's rare that you get that feeling you, like every so ha- often it happens in a band's career that you get that feeling again and when it does man you just fucking savor it yeah exactly i love it. it and i mean i agree like you know with like the new tool out it's like i love it and it's great but it didn't do any like i wasn't surprised by it, it was pretty right. much exactly what I was expecting, which is great. I love it. But like the Slipknot, I was definitely not expecting it to be nearly as good as it is. And like to be like my favorite album by them, I was like blown away by that. Totally. Totally. Um, before we like, I want to do a track by track, but before we move into that, um, real quick, did did you listen to The Great Chapter when that came out? Did you have any thoughts on that one that kind of like formed your opinion going into this one? I did. I will say I listened to All Hope Is Gone more because that was like I got into Slipknot after Volume Three came out, and like right. the last album, and then like so the first album that came out after I was in Slipknot was All Hope Is Gone, and I was really into that album just because it was the first one that came out since I got into them and everything. Yeah. And the Great Chapter, I will say, like I didn't explore it as much, I didn't listen to it as much, but whenever I like started listening to Slipknot again and like got into that album, I, it's I'm actually, I mean, they, even the band members say it's not one of their favorites, but I really like it. Like, I think there's a lot of good songs in there. It is a little, like, maybe commercial, I feel like, you know, doing what they thought people wanted them to do, but they, they did it well. Yeah. So, I like it. That album had to be hard, just because, you know, after the death of Paul Gray and Joey Jordison leaves. Exactly. There was a lot, there was a lot of pressure on that one. So, that one, I don't know, may not have turned out exactly how they wanted it, but it was the record they had to make to get to this one, I think. Yeah, I that's exactly how I feel about it. And, like, I kind of do feel like, you know, it was a, a lot of the choruses and shit sounded kind of like, you know, very stone sourish. you know. It had a little bit more of that commercial vibe to it, but it was like... Yeah. <laughs> I, I still liked it. I mean, you know, because at that point, they were just, like, putting out an album, like, at a vital time they needed to put out an album but like they were going through some shit so it like it came out it maybe wasn't their most inspired record but at the same time it was maybe one of their more emotional records so it's like i really enjoyed it nailed it nailed it yep i agree all right let's do a track by track on this thing i want to dig into a track by track uh i'll just say this for insert coin and you can say if you have anything to say about it um, interesting way to open the album like like, I like the idea of, like, starting the album as, like, putting a coin in a video game or something like yeah. that. Although it's the most eerie fucking video game ever. 
<laughs> yeah, I like it. I mean, it, it to me, it's just kind of like the intro to Unsainted, but like, uh, you know, it, it's a good way to start the album. I feel like it gives you a, a very good, like, hey, we're Slipknot, we're about to take you on a ride, like, here we go. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it nailed it. And, it. and like, to kind of go back to Iowa, I feel like it sets up the stage much like the intro to Iowa does. Like, That's, you, yes. You, this you, album reminds me a lot of Iowa. But it's like I it's Iowa as a grown man in my opinion. Like, yes. Iowa is an angry young man. This is a Yeah, this is an angry adult. Yep. Uh unsainted. I love the choir. I love how haunting that sounds and it makes the song, you know, very immediate. Like it, it grabs you with a hook and classic slipknot. It reminds me of duality. Yes, uh, that's what I was just gonna say, yeah. It reminds me of duality and I some people might hate me for this, but it's probably my new favorite Slipknot song. I love it. It's almost like, it almost reminds me of like, you know, the Rolling Stones, you can't always get what you want. Ah! Ah! Uh, it, it's very, to me, even though it's Slipknot, it's very much them. It reminds me that they were listening to that song when they wrote it. And I love it because that's one of my favorite, like, I love that. That always, like, when I first heard that song, like, I just fell so in love with that fire part and you hear Slipknot do something like that really blew my mind and they did it so well it's such a smooth transition such a catchy melody like I I actually think it's better than Duality like I love Duality I do think that that's probably like their best in a sense of like radio friendly songs that they ever did but I think that this is like their new one I love it I, I agree it may not be my new favorite we'll get to that but yeah I agree and also this is what keeps them. This is what keeps them from being like just another band. Who the hell is going to have nine band members in their like quasi almost death metal band and then throw it a choir? Like no one else fucking does that. And I love them for it. Uh, Birth of the Cruel. This is where, to, in my mind, this is where we start noticing a theme in the album. Um, to me, this album is very trippy. It's very heady. It's almost psychedelic in some ways. Uh, like the vocals on the verse, like really are trippy and out there, and like kind of Alice in Chainsy, and then yeah. they hit you with that heavy ass aggressive chorus. Um, a little slower, but no momentum lost here. I love it. I I, I love it too. So this was actually the first song I heard from the album. Like whenever I found out they were coming out with an album, I looked it up on Spotify, and they had a oh. three singles out. This one, Unsainted, and uh, can't remember what the other one was. So wait for. Three of them. Yeah. And uh, so I, I listened to this one first, and it was like, uh, I played it at work for me. My buddy Steve, uh, he was a fan. He was a fan of them growing up, too. So it was, uh, you know, we kind of had similar opinions on the band, and I played it. Like, it started off, and it was just kind of like, man, this sounds like some classic Slipknot to me. Like, a little different, but like some classic Slipknot. And then, like, once it transitioned into the heavier part of the song, they've sounded probably quite some time probably since like volume three yeah so i was pretty excited like right off the bat hearing this song oh yeah but this wasn't the first one i heard the first one i heard was unsainted but yeah great great way introduction to the album for you i think um nero forte more classic slipknot this is probably one of the most like classic sounding songs on the album um i love the chorus where like Corey like he does that like light trippy harmony over his aggressive vocals, like it's like a call and response thing. Um, it's a song about people that just take and take from you, and 
it's Slipknot does that type of stuff well. Um, yes. Great, great Iowa throwback with this one, I think. Kind of like uh, Left Behind, I think. Yeah, I would agree. I love it. It's definitely, uh, it, like, it was the, when I listened to the album as a whole, it was the first song where I heard it, and I went right off the bat, this is classic Slipknot. Like, this is them doing exactly what they do best. And, like, I really feel like from uh, Corey Bean and Stone Sour, he's really mastered, like, there's a, uh, like, catchy choruses, but he uses it right in Slipknot. Like, I feel like he never gets really too corny with it in Slipknot. Like, he knows just how to add that catchiness to it without taking away from that brutal heaviness of it. And it really makes it so that they're like an accessible band. Like, they got shit that'll stick in your head, but they're still brutal as fuck. Oh, yeah. Totally. And I feel like also, I don't know, did you hear the last Stone Sour album? That Hydrograd? You know, I actually never really got a chance to check that one out. Okay, uh, there's a song on there, um, it's the one that closes the record, When the Fever Breaks. To yeah. me, I consider that a link to this record almost, because it's also very heady and trippy and psychedelic. Like, none of the rest of the album is like that. It's the only song on that record like that, so I almost wonder if he knew what this was going to be when he was writing that. So, just a little fun aside for me. Uh, great okay. record. And uh, I'm sad I didn't get to see Stone Sour. Um, I was supposed to see them open for Ozzy uh, last year, but Ozzy got that staff infection and had to cancel. So, oh well. Uh, you canceled the Pittsburgh shoes too. Yeah. I was doing too. Yeah, I'm gonna go see him next year. Get well, Ozzy. We miss you. We really do. Um, Critical Darling. It's a solid song. I'm not gonna lie. This is not one of my favorites. It feels like a lot of the same. Like maybe it's just because of where I am at the album. Like. Once again, I like Stone Sour more. I really am a melody yeah. guy. I can't do too much aggre like aggressive stuff. That's why I don't like Slayer that much or Pantera. But um, I feel like if I just heard this on its own, I'd like it more. But as it stands right now, it's not my favorite on the album. Now, see, I actually really like this one. For some reason, this is one that like stuck in my head and just kind of like carried on with me. And like it does kind of feel a little forced, I'd say. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's, but it's catchy. And I, and I do kind of feel like they were like, all right, we need to come up with a real catchy chorus with this. And it does feel a little forced to me, but like, I like it. You know, it might be, I feel like maybe some people might hate on this song because it sounds a little forced to me, but like, I like it. I mean, it's just like, uh, the way they go from that aggression into that super catchy chorus just really grabs me. I don't know. There's something about it that, uh, it sticks in my head. I can see that. Yeah. See that. Totally. But, I, I mean, I will say maybe it's not one of their, like, best songs. Like, it does, you know, like I said, it feels a little forced, but at the same time, it's them, you know, doing doing what they're known yeah. for. And I do feel like they did a pretty good job at it. And trust me, I could be totally wrong on this one. I know a lot of people that love that song, including you. It's not just you. A lot of people love that song, so... It could okay, be. so it's not just me. I was wondering. It, it kind of almost reminded me, like, the chorus, uh, I don't know. I don't know. For some reason, it reminded me of, like, a Bench Sevenfold a little bit. I, I don't oh, know. I, I, oh, my God. I hear it now. But to me, yeah. it kind of reminded me of, like, some shit that I love by a Bench Sevenfold. And I was like, man, maybe I know a lot of people hate Bench Sevenfold wow. for being corny, but, like, and yeah, they are corny, but like, I love them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, this, yeah. This song, too, and it kind of makes me think of Avenged Sevenfold a little bit. Oh, man. When I, when I think of Avenged Sevenfold, I think, 
I think of like the girls that had like the emo haircut in, in school and stuff like that. <laughs> Avenged Sevenfold were kind of like that gateway band for people. Yeah, for a lot of people, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Interesting song. I'm not gonna. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll say it doesn't suck, but for me, not my favorite. Um, yeah, Liar's Funeral. Holy shit! This is this is where the album starts to get real. I was not expecting this. You think it's gonna be this gentle little song, but you have a sinister feeling, and then that chorus hits where he's just screaming, "Liar!" I fucking love this song. It's one of the best on the album. And I would like. To me, it seems like it's about the pain of losing someone that you thought was your friend, or they turned out not to be. That yeah, that that sounds about right to me. I mean, like, it's just one of those songs. Like, it's uh, I mean, it is kind of. It does have that classic Slipknot sound, like that real melancholy, like you know, whenever they're exploring their more melodic kind of like down sounding side, but like. I love it. Like they do exactly, you know, they do it perfectly, and it, it's kind of experimental. Like it, it does sound like classic Slipknot, but at the same time, they took some risks. They did some shit a little different than they used to do, and uh, I really like it. Like on one hand, it's like kind of almost got like a a radio friendlyish melody, but like at the same time, it's super dark. It's super you know heavy, and like whenever it kicks in with the screaming and all the guitars and drums and everything it just gets so intense and like it really blasts off and i like it a lot oh, yeah. totally incredible song um question did they play that one live like you they just, did not i wish they would have. we're gonna talk more about that at the end but yeah drew yeah. this lucky motherfucker got to see him um up next is red flag this is the most classic sounding slipknot song on the album in my opinion i would agree it almost reminds me of pantera a little bit. It's almost that kind of Pantera, like that Dimebag groove on the guitar. I, I, I like that about hmm. it. No, I need, I, I'm going to re-listen to this after the episode because I didn't notice that before. But man, I like this one. I know it's nothing new. Like unlike the rest of the album, like it's pretty sure, standard. Yeah, it's just slip, rehashed huh? ideas. But, but it's great. <laughs> but fuck, I yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> it reminds it's me of why I love the band. They do best. Yeah, it's. It's you, he's screaming, but you can understand it, and yeah, it's just perfect. Another transition up next, which is called "What's Next." <laughs> well, I can tell you what's next: spiders. <laughs> All right, so this song, I love it. It's so me weird, too. and it's like it kind of reminds me a little bit of like some weird like Marilyn Manson shit from like Antichrist Superstar era. Yes, and it, like, it yes. also reminds me a classic Slipknot because they had some weird shit, especially on Iowa. And like volume three, yeah. and it's like, it, you know, it is very classic Slipknot, but at the same time, I do have a very like modern vibe to it. Like I can feel those more like, you know, modern synthesis and like all those sounds that are coming out of there. And like I like it. It's weird. It's creepy. Uh, it almost has like a little bit. It doesn't sound like Tool, but I kind of feel like it has like. Some of these later tracks on the album, is particularly this one, almost have that tribal kind of like tool influence. Yeah, and you can really hear it in the bass work too. Like, yes, man, like I don't remember the name of the new bass player in the band, but fuck, does he prove his shots on this one? I love this song, and I love the way it feels. Like the song almost literally makes you feel claustrophobic, like you're in a box with spiders, and that's not a good feeling. But fuck, do I love this one? Um, I love Corey's vocals. Um, 
I love the eerie angular guitar solo in the middle of the song that's like very restrained. I wonder like, you know, if Jim was playing with an Evo or something on, on like that on there, like, you know, like David Bowie had on Heroes. Um, yeah, it's a great example of the album's trippy and headiness. Yeah. Love it. All right. Here's my favorite song on the album. Orphan. God damn, is this heavy. This is just great. This is Iowa grown up. This is Iowa, like, looking at his childhood and going, yeah, I'm still pissed. Yep, that's that's the feeling I get from it. It's like their, uh, it's their classic, like, heavy sound, but, like, kind of grown up, kind of matured, very uh, perfected, I feel like. It's the sound, like, it's their heavy, raw sound, but perfected. Right. And it's just, it's so good to me. It's me. It, it also kind of has a little bit of that driving. Like, it's got that same kind of groove that, like, Lamb of God and, like, Pantera and, like, some of the more groovier of the metal bands did. And I like that. I, I noticed that a little more on this album and some of their passion. They threw a little bit of that, like, you know, they're still really heavy, but they got that kind of groovy, like, almost makes you want to shake your ass a little bit. <laughs> like, guitar vibes to it, bass vibes. I love that. I love it. The world's most aggressive ass shaking. Yup, exactly. <laughs> that would be great. That would be incredible. <laughs> Someone get on that. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, the next one is where I and the critics disagree. My paint. I fucking love this experimental, shoegazy, trippy, eerie, drowsy. Song. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard a lot of people go, this is the worst song on the album, but I Dude, fucking I like this one. one. I actually even like this one a little more than the Spiders one, because like, I feel like it's kind of similar. Yeah, is one of the like kind of eerie, like weird tracks on the album. Yeah. But I feel like this one, like they're both really good. This and Spiders, but to me, of like the weirder, more experimental tracks, I think this one's actually my favorite. Just I don't know, his vocals on this are great, and just like the uh, I don't know, just the contrast between the parts of the songs, right. Right. very the uh, it just really adds a lot of depth to the album. And do you hear that shoegazy element I hear? That, like, heavy, yeah. like, drone? In the almost? guitars yeah. and shit like that? Yeah. I, I like that. And, you know, I was never, like, the biggest, like, shoegaze kind of, like, oh, fan. Me but, like, I really like whenever people use it, that sound tastefully. And I feel like that's what this song does. Yeah. They use it very tastefully to where it's not too weird to be memorable, but it's, like, weird enough to, like, be interesting. Exactly. Exactly, I agree. Good, good on them. It took balls to do this. I think like it was a risky move. I think almost putting a song on the album, but man, did it pay off? Um, not long for this world. There's another one that opens slow and quiet before the band kicks in. I love this one because it reminds me of Black Sabbath. It's got a very like Aussiness to the vocals that aren't screamed. Like I love this one. It's great. It's dark. It's eerie, and it's doomy. Yeah, I like this one, too. I pretty much feel the same way about it. And, like, towards the end of the album, like, I feel like they got this little more experimental part, and they kind of come back with a little bit of, like, they start off with this with a little bit more, like, sludgy heavy, and then they get a little more intense towards the very end of the album. Yep. I, I just feel like the phrasing of the whole album is good, and this song just perfectly fits to where it's at. And it's just, like, it's just perfect. It is. It really is. Uh, and the grand finale, as we could say, Soul Wave for the beginning of the song creeps me the fuck out because I feel like it's 
don't know. I see someone like just watching people, like when I hear hear them like doing that opening part, and then it just kicks in. This is a great song. This was one of the singles before the record came out, and yeah, I know this a lot was of the love other song. one that I listened to. And to me, at first, it didn't grab me when I heard it as a single. Yeah. But when I heard it in context of the album, it blew me away. To me, actually, this one might be the most classic Slipknot to me because when I hear it, like it's just instant. It's got you can hear those like you know, hip-hop, like, electronic elements going on, as well as the heaviness. Like, it just really grasped all the elements of, like, their, the sound that I feel like made them take off. And it's kind of like, I like, that was a great way to close the album. It's kind of like, on one hand, it's pushing forward because it's got that modern vibe and modern sounds to it, but at the same time, it's like a throwback to, like, everything that makes them slip on. It's walking forward while acknowledging the past. Exactly. That's exactly what that song is. Yup. And I love, like, it's almost, I love the message of this one, too, because when I hear the lyrics, I hear, you're going to survive and you're going to be okay, but they don't do it, say it in, like, a cheesy, you know, way. Like, like you've been through something tough, but you're going to be okay. I just love the way they say it, though. They word it a little better, like, and it's less corny. Yeah. So, um, and before we talk about the show, um... I'm not happy that All Out Life wasn't included on here. <laughs> Any thoughts on that song? Because like I really dug that. It was like the single that came out before the album. Did you hear that? Yeah, I think I actually heard that one. I'm gonna have to check it out. After yeah, that. like so it, it was like put out right before they announced the record, and they're like, eh, it doesn't match the vibe of the album that much, so we're just gonna put it out as a single. And like it's very classic Slipknot sounding, but. I don't know. I, I would have appreciated it as a bonus track or something. Yeah. I, I dig it. Um, It'll probably end up getting re-released on the 10-year anniversary or something. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, God, 10 years from now, that's the message. Oh my God. I, was, I felt weird, by the way. Quick throwback. All Hope is Gone is like 10 years old now, and I'm just... I, I can't deal with that. I don't like it. Me neither. It's feel old. <laughs> it's still that's still a new album to me, man. <laughs> it's still a new album. I know. Me too. That's what I was telling. My, I was talking about. I was like to my one buddy talking about the new album, and I was like, "Man, I really like you know one of them last singles uh, from that All Hope Is Gone album." <laughs> it's like, man, dude, that came out in two thousand eight. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that was a while ago. <laughs> We're getting a little. God damn it. <laughs> You're older than me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so talk about the live show. You got to see the NotFest Roadshow, which I would have loved to have a chance to see that as well. It didn't quite come too close to me. But uh, talk about the show. Talk about the bands. It was great. So unfortunately, we missed Bohemian because some dude's car broke down in the, cause <laughs> in our area, like... It's like a real traffic thing getting in and out of the, the venue that we have here, you know, right outside Pittsburgh. It's kind of like in the middle of nowhere, and it's like they have a specific exit on the highway, like, just for that. And it's always kind of like a nightmare getting in that. But, like, this time is probably the worst experience I've had actually going in there. <laughs> Somebody's car died in the line, like, broke down beyond, you know, repair, you know quick repair. And, uh... So that kind of lets everything back. So we missed Bohemian, which I was a little bummed. I was never really followed them, but like I liked them. You know, I feel like they're definitely 
one of the one of those real like death metal bands that you know if you have a chance to see them yeah. you should probably go see them so mm-hmm. i was a little bummed we missed them but we got there gojiro was playing they were really good we were getting food and, and drinks and everything at that point so like we weren't actually watching them it's just you know based on just hearing them they're really tight live i like them i mean i don't really follow them but i enjoyed it but the uh the band that played before Slipknot, Volbeat. Yes. I had never really listened to them, but I'd heard about them, and I'd always wanted to check them out. So I was kind of, like, excited to see what they had to offer, and I loved them. They were amazing. Uh, they kind of got a very interesting sound. Like, they almost, they got, like, that classic, like, heavy metal sound, like, almost like Iron Maiden, but they mix it in with, like, melodies that almost remind me of songs like the 50s and shit like that. You know, it's real... Yeah, the, kind of song. That like singer that. is a trip. That singer is a trip. Yeah. Because I don't know if you know this, they're from Denmark, so he's got like an interesting accent when he sings. Yeah, yeah they were talking about that whenever yeah. they played. They made a lot of jokes and shit. They were real funny, <laughs> real entertaining. Um, they were heavy, and like Pittsburgh definitely likes heavy shit because they had like some new songs, and they kept asking the crowd if they wanted the uh, the melodic shit or the heavy shit. Yeah, and all Pittsburgh wanted was the heavy shit. And, like, they wanted to play... They clearly wanted to play the more melodic shit. <laughs> but this is cool. I really like it. Pittsburgh was clearly one of the heavy stuff. So they ended the last couple of songs with real heavy ones. And Pittsburgh was loving it. But, like, they definitely... I do kind of feel like Pittsburgh was giving them a little bit of a hard time on some of the more melodic stuff, which was kind of getting on my nerves, but I really enjoyed the melodic <laughs> stuff. Yeah, the, the new record's a little more melodic than the old stuff is but it's not you know by much by more melodic basically is they got a better producer <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. that's, that's about it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i really enjoyed them a lot more than i even thought i would like i like them and i i can't believe i never checked them out sooner um so i'm definitely there's they're a band that i'm going to be following more from now on after seeing them so i really liked them and then slipknot blew me like I knew they were gonna be good, but like I would have to put them in like the top three performers I've ever seen. And, like I've seen quite a few. Oh, wow. I, like Iron Maiden probably still stands at the top for me. And I mean I'm probably a little biased because they were my favorite band growing up. But like Slipknot's not even one of my like you know favorite bands. I love them. They're great. You know great at what they do but you know they've never been one of my absolute favorite bands but like seeing them live was a whole different experience like they were in the top three for me like they're just they're great performers they you can tell they love what they do good at what they do and just like Corey taylor has to be one of the most engaging like uh just the most Frontman. like energetic frontman i have ever seen in a band. like he, especially for how old he is he got so much energy yeah oh yeah He's incredible. I, I'm I'm a little jealous you got to see that, and I agree with you on what, what you said. Like just from the videos I've even seen, they look like they have a lot of fun on the stage. And you got to see Tortilla Man wearing an actual tortilla. You were there yeah. for that show. And I, I kind of feel like this was the first like to me. It seemed like they're having fun again. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they're. I feel like during that time, you know, whenever they had like the getting sued by. Like Joey and the, the yeah. other dude, I remember his name? Chris Ben. Fucking Paul dying. Yeah. <laughs> like, Christ. it's just, 
I feel like the last, you know, few albums and stuff, it's just kind of like they were really like starting to get burned out and like not like having the same love that they had for it. And I feel like I'm back to that, like, that love. Like, this is why we do what we do. Love. Oh, yeah. I feel like almost like when they started again, but yet they have the experience under their belt now. So it's like even better. Did you have a favorite song in the set that like you were like the most happy they played live? Uh, well, so they played Wait and Bleed. <laughs> then they hadn't played it, like, the whole tour, and they dusted it. I mean, I don't know if I believe that, but that's what they told us. It made me feel real good at the time. They told us it was the first time they dusted that song off in a while. And they played Wait and Bleed, and I was really happy about that, and that was really cool. It's hard not to love that song. It's really hard not to love that yeah. song. Yeah, so, and, uh... I was like, super pumped to hear the Heretic Anthem live and hearing the whole crap yeah. 666. Like, that was epic. <laughs> man, man, yeah, that, that's another one for me. Like, I remember when I got Antanas to Hell, and they don't use the studio version on Antanas to Hell. They use the one from 9.0 Live. Such a good yeah. version. It's yeah. the whole crowd screams so yeah. loud. And it starts with, if you're 5, 5, 5, then I'm sad. Yeah, like that's exactly what he did, too. God, it feels good. So, to kind of bring this all together, this is a very important album for them. Like like I said, this seals kind of their place in the pantheons of metal. Um, and it went to number one, actually, which is like both incredible and su- surprising at the same time. So, do you think this finally like gives them the respect they deserve, or do you think they're gonna always be the underdogs until some of these fucking elitists like kick the bucket? <laughs> I think a little bit of both. I mean, I think a lot of the, the crowd has grown up since then and realized, you know, hey, we like what we like. You know, like these guys are obviously good at what they do. You know, like who cares if they manage to be more successful than some of the more underground underground metal bands? And I feel like some of the people that have this bias that only like, you know, real underground shit maybe have kind of come around because they're growing up and realizing like, hey, you know, good is good. It doesn't matter what people think and shit like that. But at the same time, I do feel like a lot of people just because they're popular kind of look down on them. Oh, they're real metal shit like that. But it's like, you know, who really cares? Like, if it's good music, it's good music. (laughs) All right, before I let Drew go, um, I'm going to announce while he's here. Drew will be on one more time this year if he's got time. Um, I've got the next episode with him planned. We're going to do Chinese Democracy. And yeah. the only reason I didn't do Chinese Democracy this time is because I wanted some more time to live with that album. I know it really well, but this just came out. It's really hot. And fuck me for being a numbers whore. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't blame you, dude. I do the same thing. <laughs> so... Hopefully, I'm hoping in October we have Chinese Democracy for you, which I have stories about that album. I, I'm sure, I know Drew has a great story about that album. We'll speak with you then. As usual, Drew, hang around. We're going to shoot the shit some more. But thanks for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm the Sly Dog. Drew? All right. Thanks, guys. It was good talking about some Slipknot. Peace out, guys. Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.